7 a.m., I'm up, I'm in front of the tree waiting for my parents to come down and stuff, and of course, Christmas morning, the one time of the year, the parents decide they want to sleep in. Anybody else struggle with that in their family? You guys maybe saw those tweets or something, but yeah, my family, the prior three months to Christmas would always wake me up in high school like 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning, the only morning I can sleep in, make me go out and, and do chores and, and homework and all that really not fun stuff at all. So they chose Christmas to sleep in. Christmas comes with, with a lot of awesome memories, right? A lot of good memories, a lot of, a lot of expectations. You see commercials of the perfect family. Everybody's sitting around this big table with, with tons of food. Everyone's getting along. Mom's in the kitchen putting a pie in the oven. Dad's out on the couch from a, a food coma and a food baby going on, and he's letting the kids do whatever they want because he doesn't care. He, he can't move. Um, everyone's getting along. Everyone's happy, drinking eggnog that the tree's decorated, presents under the tree. Um, everyone is full of that joy. Everyone's full of that happiness, that, that holiday cheer. But then there's reality. Even when you go shopping for those, those perfect gifts that, that people are like, thumbs up. We have a picture up here of people that, you know, you see these ads of they're like, hey, you know, they're, they're awesome and they're happy. And then, and then you actually get the gifts and you kind of look like this after you realize like, okay, it's not that, <laughs> it's not that awesome. Shout out to Brad for giving me that picture. But you see the people with the thumbs up and all this happy stuff, but then you realize like, man, that's, that's not really how it goes a lot. Some of you might, might have that, but one way or another, you've experienced kind of a, the nasty and messy side of Christmas. Whether you go shopping and, and you see um, parents fighting over money and fighting other parents over gifts, you see shoppers yelling at, at these helpless department store clerks, and odds are you've seen that. But, so here's a question for you. Why is it at Christmas time? Do otherwise normal and sane people trample, trample others at Target? Why do they kill for that, that deal at Best Buy? Why do they yell at innocent strangers? Why do they, they punch people out, whatever, on Black Friday? Because at Christmas, things get what? They, they get emotional. It's kind of a tough word, especially for guys to handle. They get emotional. And anytime emotions are involved, things get complicated. You guys are taking notes, write that down. Anytime... Emotions are involved, things get complicated, things can go wrong. Guys, you especially have seen this when you're shopping for that special someone, that girl, right? You, you see something that's like 150 bucks. They want this infinity ring or necklace or jewelry. I don't know what it is about jewelry that girls want. It's just, it's pretty, it sparkles. I heard someone say sparkles. It's just, it's 150 bucks and you only have like $151 in your account so you know you can't afford it, but then you're like, oh man, but she would give me so many more hugs and, and, and look at me with those googly eyes and your emotions come up and you're just like, oh man, you become a little girl. And then you want to buy it. My brother and I, uh, we went shopping with my older sister this past Saturday and he had to shop for his girlfriend um, and it didn't go well for him. He kind of struggled with finding a gift and he kept freaking out like, man, what am I going to do? And, and uh, it got to the point where he was so girly, I took perfume at J.C. Penney. He was looking at jewelry, of course. Um, they, they had, like, these perfume samples. I took one. I went up behind him. And I act like I sneezed and, like, sprayed him with it 40 times. And everyone that, like, walked by him afterwards, like, <laughs> and, like, coughing stuff. And, you know, this D1 football player smelling like girl perfume was, he was pretty happy with me, right? Um, so you've seen that. You, you've seen that because when emotions get, I'm going to say, turned up, so you guys remember this, 
So write this down. It'll relate to you guys better. When emotions get turned up, we have a tendency to make decisions we wouldn't otherwise make, right? You guys laugh at me, but that will stick with you. I guarantee you. I guarantee that sticks. But I'm not just talking about emotions around buying, buying a phone at the mall. I'm not just talking about decisions that involve, being, um, or involve buying a present that's too expensive. Oftentimes, it's even more than that at Christmas. You guys might say to yourselves, man, I, I want this Christmas to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But my parents, they split up last year. It's going to be really different, going to two different. I want to have a great time with my family. I love my family. My family's perfect. But sometimes I just I get jealous of the attention my little brother and sister get. I feel like I get nothing. You guys might say, I want to be happy with my presence. You guys ever say that? I say that every year. I want to be happy with my presence. I'm going to thank my parents for them, my grandparents parents for them, no matter what, whether I like them or not. But I wish I had that present from that girlfriend or boyfriend, that special someone. I'm not dating anyone. I want to focus on Jesus this holiday season. He's the reason for the season. He's the reason I'm saved. He's the reason I'm alive. I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to give him everything. Who cares about the trees? Who cares about the presents, the lights, everything? But I'm really struggling. I don't feel like he's, he's answering some of my prayers right now, and I just... I don't feel him. And then all of a sudden, that Christmas cheer, that Christmas holiday, doesn't really line up with what, with what we want to feel. And what we feel has the potential to lead us to do things that we shouldn't, things that we're going to regret, things that are, that are just unwise. So have you seen your emotions lead you astray during Christmas? I know I have with, with um, different circumstances with family and stuff. Have you guys seen your emotions lead you to the point where you, you say something mean to your brother or sister, your cousins? where you, um, you get lazy, you kind of care about yourself instead of others, where you have that, that mentality where it's, I'm going to do whatever I want because I just had eight finals and YOLO, I'm on Christmas break. Right? Robert feels me in the back. So part one of this series, we talked about the shepherds. We went behind the scenes with the shepherds, how they're kind of like raggedy old nasty guys, but yet God used them in mighty ways. Um, tonight we're going to talk about a guy who was a pretty big deal. But the truth is, we don't know much about him. And, and we go behind the scenes, we, we might get a different picture of, of the man who we all know his name, but we don't really know his story. There's not much in Scripture about Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. What we do know about him is that he rode to Bethlehem with Mary and baby Jesus, little baby Jesus, on a donkey. He was sort of Jesus' dad, like the earthly father, but it kind of gets complicated at that point. Like, you tell a little six-year-old girl that Joseph is the earthly dad, but he's not the one who conceived the baby, and they're like, did Mary cheat on Joseph? Have ever heard of that? I've heard that. A little girl I knew did that, said that. Um, for all of you having a Christmas that you guys are kind of like struggling with, it's not shaping up to be what you want to be, you're going to be in really good hands with, with Joseph. You're going to be able to relate to him pretty well, because talk about a guy who wasn't exactly feeling what he signed up for. Um, granted, Christmas wasn't even a word back then. I mean, for him, he didn't even know the word, but could you imagine going back, back in time and telling Joseph, like, dude, bro, if you stick this out, your name is going to be remembered for the remainder of human history. There are going to be people lining up to try out to be you 
in every little Christmas play and pageant. They're going to be little used in every house, in every church, in every bathroom. Talk about creeper, man. You're going to be the ultimate creeper, but you're going to be a statue. You're going to be awesome. Imagine what he would think. Be like, nah, you tripping. Something. I'm out of my own spin to the Bible here. Can I do that? I don't know. Um, so there might, might not be much said about Jesus directly, or Joseph, sorry, in, in Scripture, but from what is said, we might be able to learn more about about who he is. So Matthew 1, turn there with me if you will. Matthew 1, 18 and 19 is where we're going to be tonight. It'll be up on the board. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So 2,000 years ago, when the story actually happened, obviously the, the culture and the traditions were much different from now. Okay, so I mean, look back at, at what I just read. Joseph, her husband, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. I thought they were only engaged, weren't they? Engagement in, in biblical times was a huge commitment in and, in and of itself. So if you were engaged, like you were basically married, you were in it for the long run. I mean, now engagement is kind of like that, but it's pretty easy to back out. So when Joseph learned that, that Mary was pregnant and he wasn't the dad, you can only imagine what he felt. It, it wouldn't have involved any sort of breakup text thing. Um, you guys ever read those? My favorite one ever. You, you know what girl push-ups are? Where you get down on your knees and you do them? The best one I've ever seen is our relationship are like girl push-ups. It's just not working out. You get it? Not working out. I thought that was classic. Um, so it, it's not going to involve anything like that. Um, according to the law at the time, um, Joseph had the right to get a divorce. He was encouraged to get a divorce. And not only that, but according to the law, Joseph was encouraged to get revenge and have Mary stoned. And if you're stoned, 99.9% of the time it's going to result in death. Could you imagine that? Not only could, could he divorce her, but he's encouraged to divorce her and have her stoned. <laughs> so that escalated quickly, right? Joseph was in an awkward position. He had emotions running up the wazoo. He was, he was in an awkward position. Where would he go? This girl that, that Joseph loved appears to be pregnant by someone else. Joseph is about to be humiliated in front of the entire community because of what Mary had done. Everyone would be talking about the scandal. You guys think your high school is bad with, with gossip and stuff? Just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Imagine his life with, with a small, knit-together community and something that's so sacred, like committing adultery, what Mary had done to him. So anyone who saw Mary would have seen her growing belly. Anatomy 101, when you have a baby, a woman's belly grows. I don't know if you've known that. Um, but, but word would have gotten out that, that Joseph was involved with this, that he was the one who would be slain and he was the one who would be slandered and all these things and, and he would have been embarrassed, disgraced, his reputation would be ruined because of what Mary had done. And Joseph, again, is not only allowed but encouraged to stone her, to get revenge on her. But this is where we get, get a little clue into who Joseph was, who the man of, of God he was. Matthew tells us he was a righteous man and, and yeah, he did feel right to divorce her. 
But essentially, he didn't, he didn't want her to look bad. Joseph wasn't the type of guy that, that went out and he made a scene about it. He didn't go out and, and, and spread all this stuff to his friends. He didn't vent to his friends about how mean and evil she was. He kept it to himself. He wasn't harsh to her. He was actually attempting to do what was best for the person who hurt him the most. How hard would that be? Someone's cheated on you. Not only cheated on you, but pregnant. Pregnant. Prego. If I can talk. She's pregnant. That's humility and that's love. Joseph was a man of God. So what does he do? Then enters the angel. So going back to Matthew, the writer of the gospel, he tells us part of the story this way. But after he, talking about Joseph, had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Let's stop right there. Okay, imagine you put yourself in Joseph's shoes, okay? He's not supposed to be afraid. The angel says, do not be afraid. <laughs> what would Joseph say? I'm not supposed to be afraid. You're, talk- you're an angel. You're talking to me. I'm going insane. I'm not supposed to be afraid. Mary should be stoned right now. Where am I supposed to go? My name is being slandered all over. Joseph is feeling more emotion than we can even imagine. He's probably at that point. You guys ever get to the point where like, you're feeling so much emotion you don't really know what you're feeling at all. Like you feel like you're feeling nothing. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't. It does to me. It did to Joseph. This is what Joseph was struggling with. He had so much emotion, probably didn't even feel like he was feeling anything. So Matthew 1, 21 and 24, continuing on. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Joseph was different. It takes a different kind of a guy to be quiet about what was, what was going on and the fact that his fiancée is pregnant with somebody else's baby. To make the choices he made to, to encounter an angel, and not only that, but obey the angel, what the angel was telling him. And here's why, why Joseph was able to do that, to so listen closely to this, because he realized that, that how he felt, as real as it was, all these emotions, all these feelings that he had, the right thing to do would be divorce her, it didn't limit God. No matter what he felt, it didn't limit God. He didn't let his feelings determine his faith. How he felt didn't determine how Christmas was going to go. He realized that a Savior was about to be born. He realized that. He realized, okay, this, this Jesus, he is going to be my Savior one day. I'm not going to limit that. I'm not going to limit God. Joseph could be sad, but he could still believe. He could be nervous, but he could still trust in God and trust that angel, what the angel of the Lord had said to him. He could be embarrassed, but he could still do the right thing. And right at that point, the right thing was listening to God, obviously. He could feel like he was in an impossible situation where there's no way up, but he could still have hope because Jesus was coming. You guys understand that, what that means? Joseph didn't let his feelings determine his faith, and that's what I want for you guys tonight. Write this down. Don't let your feelings drive your faith. That's the bottom line. Joseph would have missed out on on the whole entire Christmas story. If if he had gone with his gut feeling, if he had gone with, with his emotions, we wouldn't be up here talking about him. I don't know if he'd be in the Bible or not. But instead, he listened to God, 
and now his name will be remembered for the, for the remainder of human history. A Savior was born, a Savior that was born in the middle of, of, of crazy situations, and he wants to be in the middle of your crazy situations and your emotions. Listen to this. Jesus wants to be a Savior to you. He wants to save you. When you feel angry, you can find forgiveness in him. Hebrews uh, 14, 416, sorry. Hebrews 416. There's not even 14 chapters in Hebrews. Hebrews 4.16, write that down. I want you guys to look that up in your small groups. It's just talking about because of what Christ did for us, we can approach the throne of God in confidence. He relates to us. It's a powerful verse. You feel stressed. You can find peace in Jesus. I mean, it sounds like most of you guys are in the middle of finals right now. You're probably stressed out. Find peace in Christ. When you feel lonely, you can find comfort in Jesus. Do you find comfort in Christ, in your relationship with him? Do you have a relationship with him? This is the gospel, guys. The Christmas, the Christmas holiday, the season, this is where, where the gospel originated. This is where it comes from. So how are you tempted to let your feelings drive your faith this Christmas? The only thing that trumps emotion is God. If Joseph had only focused on, on what he stood to lose and and what he, was, he wanted to do with his life, he would have missed out, right? But Joseph understood that what God was asking of him, even though it sounded ridiculous to the rest of the world, was bigger. It was bigger than him. God is, is working something bigger in your life if you're struggling with this. Now, Joseph's story is unique. I mean, none of you guys are going to be involved with, with a virgin birth, with a coming Jesus that's, that's going to save the world. No, because it's already happened. But your situation might be able to relate. You can relate to this. When, when your feelings and, and your faith, they just, they knock heads. You're going to be faced with that. Some of, most of you, if not all of you, probably have faced that before. A place where you feel your emotions leading you astray, leading you away from God. And at that point, you're going to have a choice to make. What's more important? What has more power? What you feel or what God wants? Will you fight with your family? Are you going to push for reconciliation? Are you going to be like totally and extremely jealous of that your friend got that new PS4 for Christmas? Or are you going to celebrate with them and what they have? Are you going to be jealous of them and their family? You're going to celebrate with them. Are you going to be selfish? Or are you going to care for others instead of yourself? Will you walk away from God because because your circumstances are just too difficult, you don't understand where to go, you're going to walk away from God or you're going to lean into him as Joseph did? Will you make decisions that you regret or are you going to make the decisions that bring you closer to your walk with Christ and closer to where he wants you to go? So it came down to one moment for Joseph, the moment when, when he decided to be with Mary, when he decided to listen to God. Even when it felt crazy, even when it, when it felt like it was an impossible thing to do, he listened to God. The moment was a turning point for Joseph. When you get there, and all of you will, at one point in your life, you're going to get there. It'll be a turning point for you too. And you're going to look back. I, I pray you guys will look back. Because in the midst of it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be miserable. You're going to be feeling pretty down and, and pretty bad. But in that moment, if you choose to, to just listen to God instead of, instead of what you want, next Christmas or next summer, whenever it is, you're going to look back and be like, man, that Christmas, when I did that, when I, when I followed what God wanted instead of my emotions, instead of my feelings, 
that really directed me towards him. I really feel like I'm, I'm moving forward in my walk with God. And that's what we want from you guys tonight. Tonight in small groups, kind of a shorter talk. Tonight in small groups, I want you guys to, to really like focus on, on what you're struggling with, what emotions that you feel over Christmas time, okay? So hit, us, hit it hard in small groups. Um, how can you make sure that you don't let feelings drive your faith? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for tonight. Um, I pray we will be able to hit it hard uh, in, in small groups tonight and just not letting our emotions drive our faith. God, I pray that we would just choose you over everything and glorify you in everything. And uh, I pray we have fun tonight and have a good Christmas and, and get everyone home safe. Amen.